Welcome to the Biblical Truth Podcast. I am Pastor Jimmy Fletcher from Mount Nebo Baptist Church. I'm so glad that you have tuned in with us today. Uh, We are going to be covering uh, a pretty uh, deep and wide topic, although I know uh, when we're dealing with the sovereignty of God, which will be our topic, uh, that we're not going to cover all of that, you know, everything that we could cover in the time that we have uh, on here. But I am super excited because last week we had Brother Gene Harris on, and this week he's back on with us in order to dive into this deep topic. And so I pray that the Lord would just give us wisdom uh, in what we're about to discuss with you today. And really the reason that I'm uh, doing this topic is is because I believe that it will kind of go in line with where I'm at in the book of Romans. So again, as I did the first podcast, I did that so that it would kind of mesh together with the sermon that I did on that Sunday. Um, And that's the same heartbeat behind today's topic is, is that my prayer is that it would mesh uh, with Romans chapter 9 so that it'll give us greater uh, insight because even in preaching, you don't get to cover everything that you could cover. But I do believe that what is covered, whether it be on this or in my sermon, that that's what God wanted. So that's what we have to trust in. So Brother Gene, welcome to the podcast today. I'm glad that you're with us. Would you like to say anything? Yeah, I just want to thank you for again for the invitation. And I pray that the Holy Spirit will lead you and I and Macy to say what you once said, as you already mentioned, it's such a deep, deep and wide subject. But uh, I pray that the Lord will give us the wisdom and the understanding what he wants us to say and that he'll get all the glory. And again, thank you for inviting me again. So the title of this particular podcast is The Sovereignty of God in Choosing and Salvation. Before we get started, let's have a word of prayer. I'm going to pray with us. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for this opportunity that we have, Lord, to to be able to have the technology and the ability to do this podcast. Lord, our prayer is is that this would not draw attention to us, but that it would draw attention to you, your son Jesus, and that you would get all the glory and honor. Lord, give us the words to say concerning this topic, Lord. May it be accurate, Lord, and and pleasing to you. And um, Lord, I just pray, Lord, that you'll open the hearts and minds of the listeners. And uh, Lord, that that if there is one listening, Lord, that doesn't know you, that you'll use this to to draw them to, to salvation. Lord, thank you for this opportunity, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So one of the most talked about topics always seems to come back uh, to the issue of the sovereignty of God in choosing, um, and not just in choosing in general, but also choosing in the realm of salvation. Now, for anyone who is part of our church, you know that we are in Romans chapter 9 right now. We just started that last Sunday, and as I told them, that as we got into Romans chapter 9, that I like to call that the chapter of deep sea fishing. And so there is just so much treasure there, uh, so many things that we could mine from that that passage, which we know we're not going to get to the bottom of it every time. We're going to keep coming back to that through the years, and we know God will just continue to help us grow and mold us and shape us through His Word. So that's the beauty of God's Word is that you, you mine it and you mine it and you never get to the bottom of it. But we're certainly dealing with uh, the issue of uh, salvation and the issue of Israel and them failing to uh, surrender to Jesus. Uh, 
and their rejection of him. And so the questions begin to come up uh, in regards to uh, to God and where we are in our salvation and our lives with him and even the life that we just just live in is, is you know, did, did God choose me? You know, did is God so sovereign? Is he, is he so sovereign that, that he controls every aspect of life, including mine? And I'm here today to tell you that I believe that God is 100% sovereign in everything. And as R.C. Sproul likes to, to say, or liked to say when he was alive, is that if there is one molecule that is outside of the realm of God, then God is not sovereign. And what he means by that is, is God is con- completely in control of everything. And so uh, as we uh, go off into this topic, the first question that I really want to ask in the realm of choosing, Brother Gene, is this, has God displayed his sovereignty in choosing throughout the scriptures? Or would you say that he has not displayed that to us as we read his word from the Old Testament to the New Testament? I think that's very clear for my uh, study of the Bible. It's that throughout the Bible, from, from Genesis all the way through to the Revelation, it's clear that God was in control of all of the aspects there, or if you want to use the term, the sovereignty of God. I mean, I see that when I look at, at Abraham, or Abram, and then Abraham, how God chose him to leave from uh, Haran and to go to the what became the promised land there. And he just was leading all of the situations there. And in the, the times of of Abraham's life and the things that he, that he did there in, in Abraham's life. But then you see other people in the Bible following that, that he chose people you mentioned in salvation there, there's so many different scriptures that we can use about that. One of the things that, that strikes me about the sovereignty of God is when we look at he chose the Jewish people. And in fact, in Deuteronomy 7, verse 7, it says that he didn't choose them because they were the most in number, because they were the smallest tribes in number, but yet God chose them. And throughout history, you can read it from a biblical viewpoint or from a secular viewpoint, but God's hand has been on his chosen people, the Jewish people, from from the beginning. The things that have happened to them. No, nothing has ever happened in the history of the world like the Jewish nation. How they went down to Egypt with 70 people, and 430 years later they come out of there between with between 2 and 3 million people, and he miraculously preserved them while they're there for the 430 years in Egypt, miraculously led them out of there. The pictures and the types that he gave of the Passover and the picture of Jesus there, all those things that God has sovereignly said he was going to do and he did them. So to me, it's, it's clear. It's very clear God's hand is on the history of the world. Somebody said, History, H-I-S-T-O-R-Y, is his story, H-I-S-S-T-O-R-Y. So yes, I believe that God's hand is all over choosing people, leading people from my own life to the lives of other people that I've read about and know about. God is in control. 
and I agree, you know, with everything that, that you have said there. And, and one of the scriptures, like you were referring to out of Deuteronomy, was out of Deuteronomy uh, 7, 6, where he makes the, the, the statement that, that he has chosen them. And, you know, you can go to Jeremiah. And in Jeremiah 1, uh, 1, 4 through 5, one of the things that you you see is said here is, it says, Now the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you. I have appointed you prophet to the nations. Um, but it's not just in Deuteronomy 7, 6. It's not just in that passage uh, that I read, but also in 1 Samuel 16. And one of the amazing things that you find there is, is that God uh, directs Samuel that this is the man that, that needs to be anointed, that this is the one that, that, that he has chosen. And I think that all of that really is, is amazing to me to think that, that God did all of that. He had a plan before the foundations of the world in 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 doing this and and setting apart the nation uh, to be to be his vessel to use them that the 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 savior Jesus Christ would eventually come through uh, that that lineage and so that that's amazing to think that wasn't by accident that was God doing that and so it's not just in the Old Testament that I believe that we see that God has always displayed his sovereignty in choosing, but also in the New Testament as well. I mean, we see in John 15, 16, um, the, there's a declaration that, that you didn't choose me, I chose you. And, and so I think that we understand that, that God uh, came in the flesh uh, in Jesus and in the person of Jesus and in, in doing that, he had the, the full authority to, to be able to say that and make those statements to his disciples. I think that we even see that regarding the Apostle Paul. You know, who is it that, that, that called him to salvation and appointed him uh, to be a preacher? Uh, that was the Lord again who did that. And so it's all throughout Scripture what we see is, is that it wasn't just a bunch of people who were literally running around and coming up with things and doing whatever they wanted. What we find is, is that God has been orchestrating the events of history through his sovereignty in choosing uh, these groups and choosing or choosing this group, Israel, and choosing, you know, his leaders and and things like that, and, and then choosing disciples to go and to proclaim the world. That is his sovereignty on display. And so I think that that is amazing. And, and you can ask the question, I think, that often gets gets brought up. Well, that's that's unfair. You know, why didn't God choose another, you know, another nation? Why didn't he choose you know, the Philistines, why didn't he choose, you know, some other group? And, and friends, I think that's where we have to submit that God is sovereign. He had a plan and has a plan that was developed before the, the foundations of the world. And we see him controlling and orchestrating that throughout the, the, the course of history. And so I, I believe that God choosing is not something that is foreign to the scriptures. In fact, I believe that God choosing is is all throughout this book 
and uh, and and we see it on display, and and for that I am I'm grateful. And uh, you know, and and those questions that I raised, I oftentimes believe come up from out of Romans nine, because you know it, he's talking about Israel and all of the benefits that they have been given. You know, the covenants, the promises, all of those things, and and what he's dealing with there is is God's selection of the Jewish people, the ones that he set apart, and they're rejecting him. Not everybody is coming to him. And so if God chose them, then it would seem to be that there's been a failure in some sense on on God's part. And this is where this kind of ties into Sunday morning's message. I'm not going to go a whole lot into it, but it says, Paul answers that question after he highlights all the benefits and things that they have, but it is not that the word of God has taken no effect, for they are not all Israel who are Israel, nor are they all children, because they are the seed of Abraham, but because they are the seed of Abraham in Isaac, your seed shall be called. And so I think that where Paul is going with that is, is he's saying, look, God chose this nation and it's not a failure on God's part. It's not a, it's not a failure on, in, on God's word's part. It's that all of the, the nation of Israel actually are not all saved and are not all going to be saved. And so God continues to hold fast to the promises that he has made to true Israel, the ones who are redeemed and believe on his son, Jesus Christ. And so, you know, we, we think about that, you know, in, in the course of history, we think about that in the life of Israel that I just read. But we also look at our life, Brother Gene, I think, in our own salvation. And, and we look and, and we kind of see some similarities there where, you know, a person comes to know the Lord and, and then, you know, someone who may be even raised in, in, a, in, in a Christian home rejects Jesus and things like that. Um, I think that, you know, we still have to find comfort and peace in, in understanding that even in regards to our salvation, just like in Israel and all over the course of history, that, that he is, he's sovereign over our salvation and that it's, all, it's up to him, not, not up to us. Exactly. And there are many scriptures that verify that as well. I use often John six forty four. It said, "No one can." Jesus speaking, "No one can come to me unless the Father draws him." Mm -hmm. In my own personal life, I'm the youngest of three boys. I'm the only one that's living a that lived a Christian life. The other two brothers are already gone, but they they had the same environment, if you want to use that term, that I had. But yet, they did not become believers. God did not call them as He called me. And I, I don't understand it, but that's the way the, the scriptures talk about it. The scriptures dedic, uh, demonstrate this. I'm thinking, as Brother Jimmy asked me about this subject here, thinking about how many fishermen were there, but God, Jesus, choosing his disciples, only chose a few of those. How many Pharisees were there in Paul's day when God, in Acts 9, chose Paul as, as a Pharisee there to to become one of his main followers, if you will, there. Uh, Brother Jimmy's already mentioned David. He had, there were eight sons. God chose one of them. As, as Samuel was looking at them from a human viewpoint, they all looked big, outstanding people. And But God says, no, I look at the heart. Man looks at the outside there. Why did he choose David, the youngest? He wasn't even in the house there when the choosing was going on there they had to go get him from the shepherd's field so there's 
things we don't understand about this, but there's also a scripture for that one. In Isaiah 55, 8, 9, it says, God says, my ways are higher than your ways, and my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. And I take great comfort in those two verses there, uh, Isaiah 55, 8, 9. When I don't understand things, I'm not supposed to understand them. God's ways are higher than my ways. His thoughts are higher than my thoughts there. But I'm thankful for them because I know that he is in control and he's a loving, caring Savior. And so his ways being higher than our ways are ways that we can take comfort and uh, just comfort for not only for today, for the rest of our human life, but for all eternity. We can be comforted because he's a sovereign and he's a loving God and he has wonderful plans for us. In Jeremiah, Brother Jimmy mentioned Jeremiah, Jeremiah 29, 11, God was talking to the Israel, Israeli people, his people, the Jewish people. And he says, I know the plans that I have for you, plans to give you a future and to give you a hope. He has plans for us. That's part of his sovereignty. How does he do it? I don't know, but I know he does it. And and I think that the reason why we often struggle with God's sovereignty um, and, and his choosing, just like with the nation, you know, Israel, how he chose him and set the mark, how he's chose a specific king, how he has uh, set his love on people before the foundations of the world. I think the reason that we have trouble with that, especially in the United States of America, is is because we read the Bible as if it's an American written book. Mm-hmm. And and that's not the case because we live a life where we are free and it seems like we are in control of our own destiny, if you will. But friends, that goes back to there's not one molecule that is outside the realm of God, um, that, that he's literally in control of everything. And so God, God is sovereign, and, and he has showed that, that he is sovereign in everything that he does, including choosing, um, and, and it is something to me that, that is amazing, and I think that you kind of went into that, and that second question that I was going to ask is how can we find comfort you know, in the, the sovereignty of God? Well, I, in his great love is one of the ways that I think we can take comfort there, knowing that he loves us knowing that he has a plan for us, knowing that his plans are for the best for us because of his infinite love. We talk about in the New Testament called agape love, God-like love. He has that great love for us and we can be rest assured of his sovereignty and his ability to be in control. With that great love, he gives us all that we could ever hope for. He doesn't expect us to understand that. He tells us, as I've already quoted there in Isaiah, that his ways are higher than our ways and his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. But comfort ourselves that he loves us and he has plans for us to give us a hope and to give us a future. And with his great love, we are a most blessed people, those that he chose there. And uh, it's, it's, uh, it's beyond our human ability to comprehend it all and put it all together but thankfully he has it all together and there's nothing as you use that terminology not one molecule that's outside of the sovereignty and the sovereign will of God praise the Lord for that and and I think for me 
this is going to kind of seem to go in a different direction, but I relate it to what I even preached on Sunday night out of the book of Job. One of the things that, that Job does in, in Job chapter 3 is, is that that's where he begins to curse the day that he was born. But he asks over and over, why, 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 why? And the reason that Job asked the, the question why is, is because he's limited on his viewpoint. He's limited on his understanding. He's, he's limited in his wisdom of what is going on in his life, but God is not. And so where I find comfort in the sovereignty of God and, and the struggles that I go through is realizing that I, I alone am not wise. I alone do not have the full picture. You know, none of this is up to me and that God alone is infinitely wise. And that's where I find comfort in that, that, that he's the author of salvation and, and, and he's the finisher of it. And so it all rests in his hands. And, and I think oftentimes, you know, when we get into Romans chapter nine and we start, you know, thinking about those, you know, th this particular topic, um, it, it's easy to really get bent out of shape uh, about the issue of his sovereignty and choosing. But again, we go back to scripture and we see that it's all there. But I, I, I think that we have to look beyond the issue of, of God setting his love, you know, on somebody before the foundation of the world and not so much arguing about that but coming back to the reality that we really are limited in our wisdom on this and that we have to trust that God alone is wise. And every person who rejects Jesus, they're going to be held accountable for that. Israel, again, it's not that God's word had was, was bad or something was wrong with it or that he failed in his promises. Israel rejected the Messiah. That's what they were held accountable for. Four, and so that's where I think that we have to remember. You know, this isn't an arguing. You know, we don't want to get into arguing matches and and all of that over this because we're simply limited in this in this wisdom. But we do know that in the midst of this, that people are going to be held accountable for their decisions to reject Jesus. But one of the things I am thankful for that that Scripture does tell us is is that all who come to Jesus, it says he he will by no means cast them out. And I and I find peace and comfort in that as well in, in understanding that. And and I think the other thing that I've also begun to look deep within this topic is is be, when you go further into this passage, what you find is like in verse 14, immediately the question comes up, but then we will say, then is there unrighteousness with God? And Paul says, certainly not. And the reason that I highlight that as, as an area of comfort for me is because of the reality that I have come to the understanding, Brother Gene, that God owes me nothing. Absolutely. Well, what do you I think about that? I think that's an absolute truth. And I think it we... When, once we can, if we can grasp that, they will give us peace and comfort that will pass all understanding there. You mentioned uh, something there. I was thinking about it. in Jesus' day, some of the disciples, some of the followers of Jesus were leaving him. And Jesus asked Peter, are you too going to leave? And Peter said this, where can we go? Because you alone 
have the word of life. I'm paraphrasing that. But that's the, the point today. There's no other place that we can go. There's an old song, you know, where can I go but to the Lord? He has it all. He's sovereign. He's in control of all of the universe. And there's no other place. If we don't choose to follow Jesus, we have no other choices. There are no avenues left open to us there. And that's that's a, a comfort. And the, the love going with that promise is a is a great is a great comfort to me a great satisfier that i don't there's no other place i need to go because he has the things of life all under his control there that's right and 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 you said something interesting in there too about you know choosing to follow him and i think that's also the other d dilemma in this is that you know there is um a tension is how do we reconcile that with God choosing and our decision. And we know that throughout the course of time and history, that that's something that to me is we, something we can't reconcile because again, it goes back to that, that limited wisdom. And, and I think that for, for uh, you know, you, you and I is we just have to remember um, that the most important thing that we can do is just simply go and preach the gospel. We don't know. Again, it goes back to that limited view. Yep. So even in our belief that God is sovereign, Paul believed God was sovereign. And people will automatically say, well, you don't want to do missions or you don't want to share the gospel. But that's, that is contrary to the scripture. That is contrary to Paul's view on sovereignty. It's contrary to my view. Our responsibility is to go and share the gospel and let God save whom he will. And so, again, that goes back for me to the issue of, of comfort because, again, it rests in God. I'm simply being obedient to go and to proclaim the gospel. So, again, when we look at these first two questions, we got one more question. But we see that God is sovereign all throughout Scripture. We see that God is sovereign in his, in his choosing. We can find comfort in, in his sovereignty, I believe, in many different aspects, knowing that he's in control of our life. He's in control of our salvation. And that, that really, we are saved by his grace. And he freely bestows that upon us um, in doing so. And so that's where we find comfort because he owes us nothing. We, we have rebelled against him. We, we have walked away from him. Yes. And, and yet he still, even while we were yet sinners, sent Jesus to that cross. So I want to go into this last question. And it's, it's this, do you see the glory of God in his sovereignty? Absolutely, I do. But saying that, I also have to turn loose of my human thoughts there and look at the glory of God, knowing that he's in control, knowing that everything he's ever said in his word, every promise that could have come true has come true. And if you can say, take all of those promises and line them up, you see that everything he's promised. So I can, I can rest assured that he is in control, he's sovereign, and he wants us to see glory in his plan. His plans are phenomenal. And I think once we get to heaven and we'll look back at seeing all the things there, you know, we'll, at least for myself, I think I'll say, why did I ever doubt anything that he said in his word? Because I don't understand it doesn't have anything to do with its validity. Because I don't understand it means that I'm not accepting it like I should. Accept it on faith. 
without faith, we, 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 we have to come back to that faith there. Without faith, it's impossible to please him because he who comes to God must believe that he is and he's a rewarder of those that diligently seek him there. And another scripture that, that I, comes to mind there is in, in uh, Corinthians there it says, tr just trusting in God to, to be trusted. The old Sunday school thing we teach our children, trust and obey. That's simply it, trust. Do we understand it? No, we don't understand it. But we look back at our lives and see the things that have fallen in place because we have trusted and obeyed. Say, wow, I've trusted him for all of these things. All of these promises in the Old Testament that could come true, every one of them have perfectly come true. And I can trust him with the rest of them too. And that goes back to the issue of his sovereignty, that he's yes, making yes. all of those things come to pass. And one of the ways that, that I see his glory in his sovereignty is, is first of all, in his salvation. That, that is amazing to think that the God of this universe would freely bestow his grace on sinners like me, like the Apostle Paul, yeah. and others throughout all of history. I know you're pointing to yourself right now, Brother Gene, and, and we all need to be pointing to ourselves because we're all sinners. And, and yet he has bestowed his grace on us. He's not given us the justice, I guess, if you want to use that word, that, that, that we should get because Jesus has taken that place for us, he's taken our place on that cross and he's experienced that wrath of God. And yet in his sovereignty, in his display of power in his display of choosing, he says, I'm going to save sinners. I'm going to save people. And guess what? I didn't do that. I didn't think that up. The nation of Israel did not call themselves out. David didn't call himself to be a leader. Jeremiah did not call himself to the position that, that he was in. I have not and no person in this world has called themselves and became smart enough to be saved. It is God that has removed that veil and done that. And the fact is, that's his grace. And all I can look at is his glory to think about an imperfect person like myself and so many others that he would say, I'm freely going to give you salvation. It's not because I'm special or any other Christian is special. Some people may want to get puffed up at this, Brother Gene, and say, I'm yep. saved. This should bring us to our knees and put us on the floor to say, oh my goodness, Lord, thank you for your salvation. I didn't deserve anything. And even for the nation of Israel, even as his chosen people, the, 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 these people that were set apart, that's the point that Paul was making here. Not all of Israel is going to be saved. There are going to be Jewish people that end up in hell because they have rejected the Messiah. It's all those who have placed their faith in Jesus, both Jew and Gentile that are saved. And so, you know, there's going to be rejection. Not everybody is going to be saved in this world. All the Jews weren't. But that doesn't mean that God's promises have failed. His word has failed, that, that he is unrighteous, that, that he can't oh, find fault now because, because all of these things are happening. Friends, he can because he's perfect, he's holy, he's true, he's pure, he's righteous. And so when I look at that first aspect, I see his glory in the realm of salvation that he would sacrifice his son and grant sinner salvation. But I also go back to your point about the promises and things. I see that, that all throughout history that he has made unconditional promises to those of the household of faith 
that are going to come true. We see it all through scripture that he did with Israel. Those promises are going to come to pass in eternity. And who else could keep their word like that? I mean, I see the glory of God in everything that he has done in his choosing. He has made a plan in a way where there has not been a way. And I just look at those those two aspects mainly and say, wow, look at God. Look at the one who sent his son to save us and look at all that he's done. And, and it's amazing. And there are things about this that I don't understand, Brother Gene. Um, and, and, and we certainly can't reconcile those differences. But, but we have to submit to what Scripture teaches, that He is sovereign and that it is within His characteristic that He has chose from the beginning to the end. He's, gonna, he's, he's chosen the appointed time that He's coming back. Guess what? People think they're going to usher Jesus back in. No, God has already chosen that appointed time. We're not going to bring that back any quicker. He's going to do that. So you see it from beginning to end. He has been sovereign and he has always chosen. And I am thankful for that. Any last comments, Brother yeah, Jim? I have two that I'd like to make. They, they may not fit exactly, but in my mind, they fit real well. And one of them is back one chapter, Romans chapter 8. And Romans 8 chapter uh, verse 5 says, But God demonstrated his love towards us in that while we're yet sinners, Christ died for us. So it was promised all through the scriptures, all through the Old Testament. You see the promise of Jesus. We see it in Genesis 3.15 about the, the, the one that's coming there. And Jesus, he didn't just promise it. He did promise it, but he also demonstrated his love towards us. And then we go to the last book of the Bible in the book of the Revelation, where John writes in chapter 13 that since the foundation of the world, whenever that was, and people can talk about millions of years or whatever, since the foundation of the world, Jesus was the lamb sacrificed for my sins and for your sins. Whenever that foundation was, Jesus knew that someday he was coming to be the sacrifice for the sins of the world, for all that would accept him. In Galatians 4, 4, it says, In the fullness of time, God sent forth his Son. When everything was ready, God sent forth Jesus. But Jesus, loving us and being obedient to the Father's will, stepped out of heaven, left that glory, so that you and I could have a way of our sins forgiven and have eternal life with Jesus Christ. And it was all promised. It was all written down beforehand that these things were going to come to pass, and they did come to pass. As the Bible says, every jot and every tittle, dotted every I and crossed every T, everything that could come to pass has come to pass, giving us more reason to believe. The Word of God is true, perfectly true. We can bet not only today on it, but we can bet our eternity on it. Hallelujah. What a Savior. What a what a promise that we have. And the sovereignty of God is one of the key pieces of this promise that we have for all eternity. Uh, that's exactly right. And 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 who came up with that plan? Who chose that plan? Who 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 orchestrated it? God. It was you know? all God. It wasn't an accident. Nothing no. has been accidental or plan B. It's all been of God. And so I'm telling you right now, I wrestle with this topic in my own heart about God's sovereignty in, in his choosing. And there are things that I have difficulty with 
you know, in reconciling certain things. But I know that that's what the word says. And the point of, of this podcast is not to, to get people arguing or to, to, to cause distress in, in your heart. I think it's, it's okay to wrestle with, with this topic. It's, it's okay to, to struggle with it. But again, we have to be grounded in the, the word of God and what it says. And, and I just believe that, that, that as we go through Romans chapter 9 and as you study the Bible, you will see more clearly uh, that God is sovereign, that he alone is wise, and that this God is doing what God does. And no matter what, when people uh, reject him, that's a decision that, that they're going to be held accountable for. So what does this mean for you today if you're sitting here and you're an unbeliever listening to this? What I'm telling you today is, is the gospel's open to you. And that gospel is the good news is that Jesus came, he died on that cross and he rose from the grave and he took your place on that cross. And, and, and friends, he rose so that all who believe in him would have everlasting life. And today I'm calling you to come and taste and see that the Lord is good and that his salvation is open today. Don't turn from him. Don't reject him. And if you're a believer sitting here listening today, how does this, what, what does this mean for you? And I just simply think that, that you just have to find peace and look at the awe. Don't lose your awe of God. Look, look at all that he's done for you. you know. And I think that we have lost our awe of God and what he's done, we, that we think that this is all up to us. No, it's it's been in God's plan from the very beginning. And so I think that we have to look at that, be in awe of everything that he has done, find peace that we're in his hands because we have salvation in him and him alone. And we can also continue to find comfort in knowing that that look, he alone is wise. And lastly, that that everything is pointing us back to his glory. So live in light of that. Go share the gospel. Find peace in your salvation. All of those things, all because of what God has done. It is not an accident that you are who you are in Christ Jesus. Amen. He loves you and he cares about you. So Brother Gene, I thank you for coming on today. You have any parting words? No, just thank you again for the invitation. It's wonderful talking about the sovereignty of God. So tune in next week as we uh, talk on another topic on the Biblical Truth Podcast. Today, I want to thank you for joining us um, on this podcast. Again, we thank Brother Gene for joining us today. If you have any biblical-related questions, email me at biblicaltruth345 at gmail.com. Join us next time on the Biblical Truth Podcast. I am Pastor Jimmy Fletcher. Remember, as always, love God, love people. Go share the gospel. And as you're driving around in your car or you're listening to this at some point in your house, just re- just bring your awe of God back in all that He has done that we see in Scripture and in your life. Man, He is awesome and He is amazing in what He has done. And we don't deserve any of it. Thank you for listening today.